Hello, everybody. Brian Newberg here from uh, goldenblack.com with my colleagues, Alan Karpik and uh, Brett Hull. Um, I mean, Tom Deanhart. Uh, this is your goldenblack.com Saturday simulcast the week before Purdue football opens against Fresno State. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Thank you to the Purdue Union Club Hotel for your continued support. We appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of get down to it. Uh, Tom, tell us what to expect this week. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um gonna hold you to everything you say. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I would not want to open against Fresno State. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I know they lost their quarterback, Jake Hayner, was a draft choice. Uh, I think he was picked before Aiden O'Connell went to the Saints. Uh, they lost a couple good receivers, but guys, they're they're pretty good up front on both sides of the ball. Two very good cornerbacks, I'm told. Um, good linebacker, great coach, Jeff Tedford. He's 61 years old. It's kind of funny. Ryan Walters is 37. And I was talking to somebody about their defensive coordinator, Kevin Coyle, an older guy, too, who coached in the NFL for a long time. So long story oh, short, Kevin Coyle, yeah. very good staff, man. And always, an, I mean, going back to Pat Hill's days, Fresno's tough, man. And uh, boy, you have to be buttoned up. It's going to have its challenges. So we know, we know Purdue's got its issues to deal with. So it's probably going to be hotter than heck. Noon kickoff. Uh, I think everybody's just excited to see what the offense is going to look like and what this five-man front defense is going to look like. Uh, we, we've talked, too, about the sense of urgency in September. At least uh, that's what I've that's what I've sort of labeled it. Um, get four out of five games at home. you got to make some hay, and you'd love to get this win because you got to go to Virginia Tech on September 9th. So, Again, maybe I'm making too big of a deal out about of a one game, but to me, guys, this is just a, a huge opener. But again, it sounds like I, we, at least I say this every year about the opener. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I, I think that you look at that. Um, and by the way, Brian, when we get to the basketball part, I'll we'll switch 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 gears. I can ask you questions, but <laughs> the the um, I'm a weather person. You're right; it's going to be hot next weekend, supposedly. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, I you know you look at that schedule, and I, I think there's the must-have, uh, the swing games. This to me, you know, and who knows what? I guess the line may be six and a half, or it's what it is some places. But you're right; I think it's fraught. You just have, I just have no feel. I and mean, Tom, you've been over there every day, but to, no feel of what we're going to see. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I like I like what what Ryan Walters from an organizational standpoint, it makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, everything looks good, but until we see it, you know, and, and again, this is a game that you have to think Fresno is waiting. Now, this is also the West coast team playing at noon. And th- and that doesn't seem to bode well for West coast teams. Uh, I Better don't know get what, used to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Fresno could be a member of the big 10 by next week. You never yeah. know. Uh, so that, that is, that's an interesting thing, but Tom, I think it, I can't think, and Brian, I know you wrote something about the 97. The anticipation is really interesting in this one, just because we don't know what we're going to see. We have an energetic coach, Purdue, we being Purdue, mm-hmm. uh, but we just don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm not saying it's going to be a flop. I'm just saying, I don't know, but it makes it makes for good, good theater, I guess. I mean, does that make sense? They being Purdue. They being Purdue. Yeah. We, um, they. You know, Alan, in your 78 years on Earth. Um, yeah. You've seen a lot of, <laughs> you've seen a lot of Purdue coaches sort of come and go. Uh, Joe Tiller lost his opener. Jeff Brom lost his opener. 
those worked out okay. Um, and Danny Hope did won his opener, right? So <laughs> no, Danny Hope lost at Oregon. No, no, he beat Toledo. Remember? That, that's right. With with uh, he lost five in a row after that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Good call. Good call. Now I'm having a having a moment since I'm 80 years old of who who was the guy that ran for 234 yards? I'm number Ralph 23. Bolden. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm, no, I'm, so I'm just saying, is this one of those games where you don't want to put too much into it? Yeah. And anybody who wants to answer. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can never make grand proclamations, especially after a season opener. I mean, so much changes. I can't tell how many times in my life I've watched some college games one Saturday thinking this team's not going to win another game. Yeah. Yeah. Team X, and then the next weekend they turn around, they upset somebody. So, no, I mean you don't want to. Again, uh, your the your script isn't isn't ended on game one. Obviously, um, uh, great chance to. I mean, that, that's when you're going to make your greatest improvement. I think is after that first game. No preseason games, obviously, in college football. So yeah, it's just a big wad of unknown for everybody. Um, they've just never done this before. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, yeah, again, you don't want to, you don't want to make any, like I said, positive proclamations. Oh, this team's going to be great, or if they get beat, you don't want to start shoveling dirt on them. Uh, I think we've got plenty of examples with Purdue um, to really steer us away from that type of thinking. So no, um, but we got to come up with some hot takes, don't we, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think they that's the number hot. one thing. Yeah, my Luke Warren. This isn't a hot take, but the number one thing about me it, it, with with Ryan Walters and staff as you've talked about this time and Brian you've written about is how are they going to deal with adversity and you're right if if things don't go well next Saturday uh they're going to have to play 11 more games and and have a good try to have a good season so it's going to test that's by definition just a new coach in a new situation we know he's a bright guy we know he's energetic we know that he can put defenses together all the other stuff we'll find out and but he is going to have to deal with adversity because uh, I will make it the hottest take of all right now, and that is Purdue is not going twelve and zero. That is not happening. So I don't know, uh, man. That that's uh, that, that's we're hot. stepping on our ledge there. I know, and I, and so I, my point is that he's going to have to deal with that, and like like any coach will. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think our Latin, Purdue's last four, forty and under coach was Leon Burnett. Was he under forty when he got when he started? I think that uh, may have been. That didn't go so well. So anyway, okay, I'm done with my hot takes, well, Brian. Okay, real quick, Dad, the, the the line is down to about four, four and a half for Purdue. Yeah, so yeah. I think it opened up about six, six and a half. Yeah, we're um, talking about eighty-seven degrees at noon tomorrow. We'll yeah. see what next week. The California guys shouldn't be bothered by that, I would think. No, Fresno um, be good, and if they can import some smog too, maybe they'd be even more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I think everybody wants to see Hudson Card, right? I mean, we've heard yeah, so, that, much, that will be interesting. so much about yeah. Hudson Card. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard so much from so many different camps, I guess. And I, I guess he's the real deal, man. We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, again, uh, well, I, I hope he does well. He just seems like a good guy, the kind of guy that's like – if you're a Purdue fan or not, you like to see do well, just a good person. I thought it spoke volumes too that he was, according to Ryan Walters, the overwhelming vote getter and, and, and captain voting yeah. for a guy who'd only been on campus for what eight nine months, and uh, that that tells you a lot too about a guy being embraced. He he could have been 
and that can be a real prickly situation, you know, when you parachute into a place like this, you're the quarterback, you're the hot shot guy. And obviously he hand, I always told him to handle it very well. He's been embraced, obviously. He's he's already very much admired by his teammates, which says a lot about his personality, his physical traits too, right? We've heard about those for months now, the throwing, um, the ability to run the ball. I mean, we we people have marbled. So uh maybe Purdue's really got something here, guys. Maybe they really do. Uh we'll see if that if that's the case. Everybody else, maybe that elevates everybody else's play, like we saw so many other yeah. great quarterbacks do. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to, to watch number one on Saturday. Yeah, this is going to be a fun, uh, I guess, look into modern college football because yeah, exactly. It's going to go out there on Saturday and everything Tom just said, Hudson Card has handled. It's going on everywhere in the country. It's going on at every position. And if there's ever a game where pretty fans needed to print off their rosters, if there's still such thing <laughs> as as printers anymore, um, I've tried to keep all this stuff straight and. There's going to be guys playing in the secondary where I'm going to be I'm going to be poking Tom and asking who the hell's that guy, <laughs> and I'm going to be asking who is that the kid from Vanderbilt or is that the kid from uh, from from Penn State? Uh, is, that the, State. is that the kid from Auburn? Which kid from Auburn? You know, it's yeah. it's it's just this is college football, and week one for that reason probably means less than ever before. Yeah. Um, because there's no preseason in college football, um, and everybody's breaking in these new guys, and um, it has kind of been interesting because you know some of those week one losses we mentioned before, and history has nothing to do with the present; it really doesn't. But Especially now, it's a fun reference point because yeah, it's fun. when Tiller and them lost to Toledo, that was the best thing that happened to that team because. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff's approach to that really buoyed them the rest of the season. When Jeff Brom and them lost to Louisville, they backed it up. They they were competitive with a really good team, and that mm-hmm. buoyed them from a confidence perspective. Big fan of the word buoy today, by the way. Um, <laughs> Sam Bowie. <Bowie's laughs> you know, Purdue's Purdue's going to be dealing with some injury here, guys. Um, who doesn't? Right, every team's got injuries, but. The, the left tackle, Musa, probably 50 50. Yeah, that's a problem. With, with his, yeah. He's got his leg in a boot. Of course, Josh Kaltenberger, the number one center right now, may not be ready. And Hartwig's probably not going to be ready maybe until midseason. So he may have Austin Johnson snapping. He probably will have Austin Johnson snapping against Fresno State. And uh, Snoozy Kane's probably going to have his left wrist and hand in a big kind of a cast. We'll play with it. Um, you know, Prince Boyd's going to be out for a while still. He's more of a depth guy, but those are some of the main guys I think that Purdue will uh, will have to operate without that that have been dealing with some injuries. You know, uh, Garrett Miller will be fine. Demarjia Lewis will be fine. Those guys, of course, missed last year with knee injuries. They've been coming along steadily and surely here, and look like they're going to be ready to go as well. So, yeah, you know, um. Like Brian said, a lot of new parts, especially in that secondary. Watch the secondary, the cornerback spot. Every cornerback is a newcomer, a transfer or a freshman. Now that Jamari Brown's gone, think about that for a second. So yeah, <laughs> important position too for Purdue now. A really important oh, yeah. position and what they want to do defensively. And I think I think Marquise I think Marquise Wilson's a legit guy, the Penn State kid. Marquise Brown's probably going to be your other number one cornerback. 
Then, then you probably got the JC kid, Botros Alessandro. Then maybe you got you may have a true freshman as your number four guy, a guy named Derek Rogers. Because I don't think the Stanford kid's going to be ready yet. He's dealt with a hamstring injury for months. And he's he's not going to be ready for the opener. So the cornerback spot, boy, um, just not a lot of a lot of real veteran depth there right now. Prepare yeah. for a whole season to be in the press box, being like, "Is that the Stanford kid? Is that the is that <laughs> yeah, the JUCO kid? Yeah, he's, is that uh, the uh, old Miss kid?" Salim Turner Muhammad. Like he he hasn't practiced at all since he's got here. And yeah, Marquevious Brown, number one. Just remember, number one and. And uh, number 16 is, like I said, Marquise Wilson from, from Penn State. Those they got to keep those guys healthy, I think. All right. Mr. Dean, um, if you need to hit the road, you are welcome. Yeah, to I'm going to take this opportunity to thank Tom St. Louis Blues for many years ago. I signing, like that. I love that color, though. That's signing Brendan that. Shanahan uh, the from trade. the Devils because that remember gave that them the, the NHL inexplicably awarded Scott Stevens to the Devils. Yeah. Um, as compensation for them signing a restricted free agent, and Scott Stevens was the impetus behind the Devils winning a couple Stanley Cups. So they are Tom, still. Thank you so I'm much. The, I am the only one here that's worked professionally in hockey, and I have no idea who you're talking about. So that's good. I'm you know, I know Brendan I do. I do. I shouldn't say that. Um, I do. Scott Stevens. You know, they're, they're still talking about that trade in St. Louis, Brian. It was a stunner. It was a trade. Judge. Oh, yeah, it was a judge awarded to him. That's yeah. right. The judge awarded to him his compensation. And, yeah, Scott Stevens, a Hall of Famer. And, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, those were fun years in the early 90s for the Blues. Now, I do Brett share – Brett Adam Oates. Uh, yeah. I, I, Curtis I Joseph. Great, really Curtis fun teams. I loved Adam Oates. He was one of my favorite players to watch. Harold Schnepps. I remember him. I do, I do share I do share, I, birthday. I, I share a birthday with Brett Hall, so there you go. Uh, there you go. There. That's where the comparisons end. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, so. But the one thing I was going to say, and and and, and Tom, I know you're going, but I think the one thing uh, also that I'm looking at again, and I'm the least prepared of the, of the three of us here looking at this game, but I'm fascinated still of how that how that offense is going to work and yeah. how Maccabee is going to be used. Uh, that to me will be interesting. I mean, we know what he does. Uh, it's just going to be interesting. And I know, again, Tom, I know you've written about it and have an inkling of what we're going to see, but it's just going to be interesting to see. You know, Bakhby's the thousand yard ish rusher. Uh, Purdue's need, going to need to, to move the football that way. You see, but is he going to be more of a, you know, going to be more I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think they're going to need to use him that much. And yeah, that's what's going to be. I don't, I don't think you would want to use him. I mean, I don't want to underestimate the guy. He's just not physically impressive at all. Yeah. Um, Dylan Downing, Tyrone Tracy, you walk, you stand next to those guys, you go, man, I wouldn't want to try to tackle that guy. Look at Devin Mock. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's just got it. I mean, yeah, I just don't know. He, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a workhorse back who's going to carry it 250 times a, a season, yeah. 25 times a game. They've got two other good backs. And again, Downing and Tracy, I think, I think they're going to want to fan it out and try to use those, those, those two guys as well. So uh, I, I guess, I would bet against Devin getting a thousand yards this year because I just don't think they're going to they're going to lean on him that much. But maybe I'll be wrong. Yeah. Well, so. something to keep in mind here is I, I don't know. I haven't been to practice. I have. I don't know anything. I'm I'm just the guy here talking. I I don't know anything about anything. Um, philosophically, the air raid, the air raid uh, in whatever form is going to run it is kind of similar. And I'm saying philosophically here. I don't mean X's and O's to what Tiller did, to what Brom did, where you're you're mm -hmm. throwing to set up the run. So mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I think that they can put Maccabi in some situations where they don't necessarily have to give him as many carries to get him his yards. Now, you obviously have to you have to be successful in the passing game. You have to really keep people uh, off balance with your passing game. You have to make enough big plays with your passing game. You have to wear people down with tempo. It's got to work. Everything's got to work for the running game to really click. Uh, so I, I, I think he can – my personal thought here is that he can have maybe like a less is more type of season where he can be almost yeah. as productive as last season on eighty percent of the carries, something like that. But you know, I I don't know what form of air raid we're going to see here. It it comes in many forms. Yeah, yeah. Interesting air raid based is that? That's what Graham Harrell says. Air raid yeah. based. So there you yeah. go. Principles, right? All around there. So. All right. All right, Mr. Oh, Dean Hart, no. get off to your thing. Thank you, and uh, we'll uh, – you're, 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 I'll you're... see bright, shiny faces again here, fellas. I'm not uh, sure we're going to be seeing a lot of each other here before long. Uh, yeah, it's the last. we got some football this weekend, too, we can watch, right? Yeah. Week zero. Week zero. Okay. All right. All right. All right. New, new All right I'm going to I'm I'm take over the question. I, I, I appreciate the, the random early 90s hockey talk a lot. You know what I'm no, that's good. That's good Thanks, stuff. buddy. I was There's a big random fan the... until I moved to Indiana, and it, it just was out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you. All, All right. Sounds good, Tom. Thanks. Um, so, Brian, we'll switch gears a little bit in terms of uh, a lot of it. I, I guess. was wondering how that was going to go, if he was just going to stand up and leave or what. <laughs> it's a Zoom. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, we you've talked and written about uh, what what we saw or didn't see and, and kind of downplayed the importance of from a team perspective, uh, Purdue's trip to Europe. Now that, uh, you know, now that they're back and Zach Eady is back, right? And uh, they're – No, he'll be he's, – he's still, he's still finishing up, right? Yeah, he won't be back until the end of September. But, uh, uh, you know, what, what do you look in this situation? I mean, kind of what do you, what do you take from uh, – if anything, from that uh, the four games that we, we saw in, in Europe for Purdue? Uh, <laughs> I think everything changes as soon as the big man comes back. So it, yeah. it, it's kind of a tough, tough thing. But the fact that Purdue had to play without him, other people had to be empowered to do stuff, uh, to carry more weight. Uh, I think there's more positive than otherwise to come from that. I think the fact that Purdue, you know, was tested a couple times, two of the four games, there were situations where they had to pull away in close games and they were able to do that without, Zach Eady, I think that was pretty significant. I think uh, from an individual perspective, any experience you can get Miles Colvin, Camden, Heidi, those guys is positive, and obviously they got experience. Only three of the four games, both of them, but still. You know, the, the fact Purdue came out that last game really shorthanded without Heidi, without Ethan Morton, without Miles Colvin, and won that game against the best team they that they faced out of the four, I, I thought was pretty significant. Um but the reality is the competition over there was was not up to par uh, relative to what Purdue's going to see in November, obviously. Uh, and Purdue was was very shorthanded with without Zach Eady. But uh, uh, I think by and large it was it was it was probably worthwhile. Uh, as I yeah. said many times, this was not the year you preferably would want to do this sort of thing. You prefer to do it when you have a bunch of guys who've never played. Uh, Purdue has 
a ton of guys who've played a ton. Um, and uh, you just kind of had to find value wherever you could find value, I think. Um, you know, Purdue's winning instinct over there uh, kind of showed up. I think uh, Matt Painter probably found real value in having to play without Zach Eady. Not that he's planning on doing that during the season. Everybody's like, oh, well, what happens if Zach Eady gets hurt? Well, if Zach Eady gets hurt, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're not so, yeah, don't plan on that. You know, don't yeah. the, you aren't putting in a what if we have to play with that ZD bag? Yeah. Z. <laughs> um but uh no, I I think it was for a, a less than optimal situation. I think they probably found some some real positive in it. Uh now they just kind of kind of hit the ground running. There won't be a team in college basketball this season with more continuity on its side than Purdue because the personnel is largely unchanged. Um, now that said, some of the personnel that has changed, is it could be pretty impactful, but they've practiced all summer. They've played together already uh, in one form or another. And, uh, you know, Purdue's been pretty good the last few years at hitting the ground running, but this year they have every reason to hit the ground running. Now, you don't want to be your absolute best in November like Purdue has been the last two years. You prefer to kind of build up to that. So um, that's a long answer to a, a short question, but that's what I got. I mean, and I guess the thing I struggle with is in, in you know, the continuity is certainly, like you said, is is unique. Uh, this is a team that, that uh, seems to like each other. Uh, yes, they, you know, the, the postseason has not been its friend, uh, the last three years in a lot of ways, but, you know, so they got to get through that part of it, but uh, there is a lot to uh, be said about, you know, that whole thing about November, you can't, you know, and, and you're going to have some games in November, uh, even in October, I know it's an exhibition against Arkansas, but, you know, some intriguing type games early on is when you're Purdue and you're going to play, you know, probably not in Maui. We don't know that yet, but they're probably going to play that tournament somewhere and they're going to play against Gonzaga in that situation. So, um, you know, again, it's hard to say, well, we, you know, they're not they're not going to peak in November or, or make an impression in November because they probably will because they've got a lot of guys coming back and, and a lot of experience and, and skill. Yeah. Um, you know, Purdue's going to, Obviously, have to face down its NCAA tournament demons. Yeah, this year, uh, whether or not that is something they're conscious of, I have no idea. But it, it, it's going to be the discussion point around Purdue, outside of Purdue, uh, all season long. That's just inevitable. When you look at the, the common denominator between the three uh, past three seasons, you can tie some of the, a lot of that to maturity and. I, I, I can itemize those three teams, but that would be kind of pointless right now. But I, I think Purdue should be the most mature version of itself that it's been in many, many years. Uh, I, I think they're I think they're chronologically old. I think they're experienced. I also think that they've got a temperament for it. I think they were young at some really important positions last year, uh, positions that last year's NCAA tournament results all around them showed uh age and experience is important i think braden smith and fletcher lawyer um really take a jump this year in that perspective i think lance jones obviously has played a lot of college basketball so uh i i think he he 
there was no drop off there from David Jenkins. Um, he was impressive. I, I was impressed by what he brought to the table just watching those games. He's he's going to be a contributor, I would think. Yeah. So I think you've got fifth year guys, you've got older guys, you've got guys who played a ton of minutes. I, I think that you know Purdue should be pretty pretty professional about this this year. And you know what, what I've said all summer about Purdue this year is that. When people think you're one of the best teams in the country, they write about you and they talk about you. Everybody's like, oh, we just have to block that out. Why? I've never been a high-level athlete, nor will I ever be. Uh, I think my days of... Has that ship sailed? I I think my days of playing third base for the Yankees, I think are probably (laughs) over. Um, I think I missed my chance. Uh, You had a chance. Did you have a chance? I think I got got screwed because... uh, Um, anyway, um, I, I, I've never understood why, you know, why do you have to block that out? Why can't you embrace that? Why can't you let that, you know, kind of fuel you and make you carry yourself accordingly? Uh, that's the one thing where, you know, Purdue hasn't always been great with the last couple of years is playing like the team that should win, you know? taking it to the opponent instead of letting the opponent take it to them. You look at Rutgers a couple years ago at Rutgers, you look at Fairleigh Dickinson last year. And my deep health theory still is that Tobin Anderson got between their ears with his little TV stunt um, and put all the pressure on Purdue and Purdue didn't handle it well. And everybody who writes that Purdue's a top five team and Purdue should make a final four this year, whatever it might be, Purdue ought to embrace that. All those guys in that locker room. Again, somebody here who has never played in a game seven. Um, I've watched several on TV, but <laughs> why not just why not just be like, yeah, you're damn right. We're the we're a top five team in the country. You're damn right. We ought to beat the you know what out of this team. Um, you know, stuff like that. That's maybe the next step. You know, I always compare it to uh remember when Duke came into Purdue a couple of years ago? Uh, back with uh, 2008 was a couple of years ago. Right? 2008. That was a yeah. that was a big yeah. game for Purdue. It, it was one of those uh, pig at the luau sort of games for somebody visiting right. Mackey Arena, and that place was nuts. And that was a game that Purdue, the Purdue community, had you know quote unquote circled on its schedule forever. And Duke didn't flinch. No, they did not flinch. They walked in there and they punked out a Took younger care team. Of business, and they. They didn't flinch because that is that is the standard Duke holds itself to. Duke is used to it, you know. Duke carries itself like that all the time because every game they play is a is an enormous game, and you know that that's where Purdue as a program I think still needs to take a step here. Is they need to go into Indiana and not flinch. Uh, they need to go into they need to have Xavier come to them and not flinch. You know stuff right. like that and. That's going to be the big test of Purdue's maturity this year. Yeah, excellent point. I think it's going to be interesting. Already all sold out, right? That was denounced this week. Is that even news? Don't they sell out their season tickets every year? No, they've had they've had they've oh. had some tickets, and I don't know what. And I honestly don't know, and I should know, I guess, of what you know some of those holiday games with students are away, but they I think they're I think everything's gone. So every, all the season tickets they wanted to sell are gone. And 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 you're right. I don't I'm not sure if that's if that's absolutely new from last year, but uh, impressive still the same. Uh, 
that and volleyball. I think volleyball is about in the same boat, uh, uh, different different level, but uh, certainly a, a, a lot of fan interest around Purdue. Football sales are are huge from that standpoint too. Is surprised to me surprisingly better than I better than I anticipated, and or with with the Syracuse game already uh, sold out as well. So that's what's going to be going to be. All right, one want to ask uh, while we have you too. You know, obviously Saturday you will be. Uh, in Broxback's backyard, sort of, I guess, uh, at least in the vicinity of, at uh, at uh, normal. Is he going, are you going to going to normal, or are you going to Bloomington, Illinois, to watch football on Saturday night? I just call it Bloomington Normal. I, I okay, just, so you got them both. <laughs> it's it's in Redbird Stadium. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, that it's not the house that Spack built, but he he's still the still the guy that's uh, running it's the house the that Spack renovated. Yeah, and has done a very good job there uh, as uh, the Redbirds football coach. So you'll be doing that some throughout the uh, uh, throughout the fall, and uh, it'll, we'll look forward to that coverage as well. Just to let everyone yep. know, I'm I'm not just going there to stand on the field. Uh, East St. Louis is playing. Yeah, um, Mount Carmel from Chicago, Leontre Bradford and Jesse Watson are two pretty commitments. And I was going to go to East St. Louis. Fortunately, I checked the uh, I checked the. Uh, Location um, of the game. Well, I, I, I looked deeper into the schedule and yeah. actually found out where I was supposed to go. And turns out it's it's 90 minutes closer. So yeah. good for us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing that. I'll be trying to get as many high school games as I can uh, on Friday nights, uh, this being a Saturday, obviously. But uh, we'll we'll have some stuff on our site next week about DeAndre Bradford and, uh, and uh, Jesse Watson from a program that, I'd imagine Purdue is going to be very active recruiting. One of the better programs in the country, East St. Louis, Corey Patterson, Purdue's wide receivers coach, is the old used to be the head coach there. Illinois hired him away um, to its staff. Purdue hired him from Illinois. Uh, he's got very deep connections there, and I'd imagine Purdue is going to leverage those quite a bit in recruiting over the years. So, be interesting yeah. to see how they play and, and all that stuff. So, stay all tuned right, to our site. Yep. Stay tuned to the site and obviously game week coverage as well. A lot going on next week as Purdue takes on Fresno State to open the season. All right, I'm going to let, since you started this thing, you get to close it out. It's all you. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, and thank you again to the Premium Club Hotel for your uh, support. If you're listening to this on uh, YouTube, give us a like. Uh, give us a whatever. Uh, if you're listening to this on your on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that might be, five-star review. Uh, if you have feelings that are anything less than five star, let's just keep it to ourselves. Um, (laughs) but we would appreciate the reviews. We would appreciate you checking out goldenblack.com. Uh, sign up now. Uh, you won't be sorry. Trust us. You won't be sorry. So, uh, if you care enough to be listening to these podcasts, chances are you care enough to value the things that are going to be on our site every day, all year long. Um, so. Just a cheap and, little plug there. Um, and, and an important plug. And some specials still going on, too. There are some, you know, dollar a month specials for right now as well. And a monthly if, you, if you're if you interested, too. So I didn't even know that. So yeah. if you want There's, to expand on that. We're trying to attract subscribers. That's It's still the game. Here yep. <laughs> we are. But, yep. uh, and and Brian and Tom's work has a lot to do with that, uh, that happening. So All right. Thank are we you, done? Everybody. Uh, all right, thanks so. that was, Have a great well, weekend. I, I really stuck the landing on that, didn't I? You did. It was it was outstanding. That was that, that was a, a five star finish. Uh, that was <laughs> you closing strong. 
All right. All right. Th thank you, Alan. Thank you yeah. to our thank you to the departed Tom Beanhart as always. And we will uh, talk to you guys again uh, sometime down the road. Thanks, everybody.